I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Jill. She had multiple birth complications and postpartum depression. Let's talk about it. So, yes. t- so tomorrow, which uh, so let's let's set the stage then. Okay. Tomorrow, right now for us is Sunday, but today, when you're listening to this, if you listen to it when we release it, is Monday. So yesterday was okay. Um, yesterday was uh, it's multiple birth. What awareness. is it? Awareness Multiple day. Birth awareness day. And then technically and then the, the next p- one is 364 days away. And then <laughs> one after that would be like, yeah, just, yeah, just do the math. But essentially it's yeah. May 28th. May 28th. Um, is multiple births awareness day. And yeah. so what is that? What do you mean by multiple births? Um, like, does that mean like a woman who has more than one baby? There's like an yes. awareness day for that? Twins. Triplets, ah, quadruplets. More than one more baby, than one at, baby the at the same time. Ah. Because that would be really interesting if it was just like, hey, anybody who's had more than one kid, yeah. this is your day. <laughs> that's what I thought for a second. And I was like, that's weird. So my mom should be like, be super stoked tomorrow. You guys <laughs> like, what are... learn about all the language. It's like <laughs> multiples and singletons. Right, okay. Right? They're like, what are we being, what are we becoming aware of? They're just like, no, just more of a celebration. Wait, is singleton an actual, uh, yeah. what's, so am I a singleton? You're a singleton. I think he's a simpleton is what they call them. <laughs> you're Both, a singleton. Yeah. You're a singleton. <laughs> right. You're a twin. I'm a twin. You're a twin. That's really Brian's funny. a twin. So Brian's I'm a multiple. A yeah, so are you? So should Brian be stoked about it tomorrow? Yeah. Brian's totally. mom for sure. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you guys be stoked as well? I mean, I'm your best friend, so I, I am you stoked. Appreciate that. I am, but not <laughs> as stoked. As you should be. I don't know if it's so much as being stoked as just. Talking about issues that pertain to multiples. Bingo, well, that, okay, which perfect. is what we're going to do. And, and I think that's up. what we're here to talk to you about today. Uh, first off, I want to say, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're sitting with a Halifax celebrity. Oh, I do know this. The one what, and only Jill Chapel. No, the Jill Chapel. Come on. Uh, Did you just call her the Jill Chapel? The, like, the. I mean. Okay. As if, if you want to follow, if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's <laughs> at real Jill Chapel. <laughs> uh, but you, um, Jill J Chapel. Uh, we. I've spent uh, many a time watching you on the TV here in Halifax. Mm-hmm. Uh, a a uh, a news. Personality. What would, you, what would you like call yourself? A, a I'm a former news personality. Former news personality. Now, That's right. Well, I always will be. I suppose but you will be. Always. Yeah, I quit, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to why that happened. All right. So you moment. had. Um, so Stay the tuned. reason why multiple uh, birth awareness day. Sorry, did I get that right? <laughs> I think you nailed it. Multiple births awareness day um, <laughs> is because you are someone who's had multiple births. Jill's had multiple. twins. Yeah, I yeah. had twins. When did you have when did you have twins? 
I had twins just over two years ago. So the date would have been April 8th, 2015. And how did you find out? Like, was it when you, was it like the moment of, 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 uh, of the babies being conceived? You were like, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> this was a really epic time. No, it, it was way later. I think you just gave me twins. <laughs> Oh, really? (laughs) That felt like twins. (laughs) You mean like quantitatively? It felt like there was a lot in there. Oh, wow. Is that what you were asking? Brian, we're going to get an email about that. Brian, my mom's going to listen to this. Speaking of which, can I ask a question that we might cut anyway? Just just because I'm really interested about it. Yeah. And I asked asked Taylor. Wait, this is way too early for this conversation. Well, it's going to come up. It's it's coming up anyway. I don't want to listen. I'm going to plug my ears. You can plug your ears. I'm so excited. I, so one of the ways that I try to make myself feel okay with the fact that my mom had a C-section is, <laughs> that's a weird way. Because there's a way, it. because there's a reason why you shouldn't feel okay about it. <laughs> no, we definitely have to cut this because somebody's going to be offended by this. But yeah, I sure. always say to my like friends, me. I say, yeah. I possibly say, our guest. I, so what I usually say is I say, hey guys, one thing that's really cool is that my penis has never been through my mom's vagina. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Brian. is that a bad joke? Is that like something that's not okay to say? And then say? Brian, then we're in the car and Brian goes, hey Taylor, has your penis ever been through your mom's vagina? And I go, yeah, I guess technically it has. You know what that joke? <laughs> is good for live shows keep that for the put that in your pocket for the live show okay that but we will cut that out okay oh absolutely yeah that's not staying in this that is not staying in this okay um anyway great to know that we started this on the right right foot let's let's actually get into it we're we're uh we're we're hitting the tangents pretty Uh, hard so like one i'm as i'm like i'm 26 i'm moving into this uh part of my life and and my and my girlfriend kyla she's uh, a few years older than me and especially a lot of her friends are starting to have kids and this is like the first time in my life that I'm moving into a place where I'm starting to learn about what we're kind of talking about is that the, the dangers or the, the possibilities of what can happen uh, when you have, um, when you have a multiple birth scenario. And I had no idea that there was complicate, that there was the potential for complications or a higher risk. Um, I don't think I do. I don't think I do know that now. But isn't that like, isn't that kind of like common sense that if you're one pregnancy is difficult as it is, like we've done an episode on miscarriages and, and the complications of pregnancy. And if you're having more than one child at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, it totally makes sense. But more likely that you would think that there'd be more issues. But I mean, us singletons over here, uh, (laughs) don't, you know, wouldn't really might not know that. And plus we're also men. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm a guy. That's why I don't know. know. Right. Um, I think that, like, Brian's right, like, it automatically, you when you are having more than one baby at the same time, a twin or triplets, twins or triplets or quadruplets, if you know, or even more. Or like John and Kate plus eight or something like that. But John and Kate plus eight didn't actually have all of them at the same no, time. They didn't have yeah, they're the fucking posers. Yeah. It automatically becomes a high-risk pregnancy. Automatically, yeah, so once you add more as than soon one, as you're having twins. You are having a you are high risk. having a high risk pregnancy. Right. Now what, so what does that mean? High risk for what? Like what are the different? Um, I guess a, pl- a plethora of things. Right. So I can tell you the plethora of things that I went through that mm-hmm. were yeah. high risk. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, certainly the biggest thing is is preterm labor. So having your babies early. Uh, there's just any which amount comes with of complications can happen with a high risk pregnancy, but specifically with twins or more because 
you're having more than one baby at the same time. Brian, that was really good logic then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised nobody else picked up. Well, that. you're, you're a multiple, so that's, you, you know, really it's, know. A, it's kind of, unfair. And you know, I have to, yeah, I have to shed my own bias here because obviously I see the world differently than you guys do. Right. Of so. course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and having, and having your, an early pregnancy co- then leads to a whole bunch of complications with the baby or potential risks or Absolutely. things like that. I mean, right. I, it's like I, twofold. I, so what was your experience? Well, you wanted first, you, you, we started to talk about the question. You wanted to know when I found out. Ooh, ooh, how I yeah, knew right. I was having twins. So it wasn't the moment of conception. No. Okay. No. Check. Shockingly. Check. Yes. But <laughs> we, uh, we went in for our 20-week ultrasound, which is because you guys haven't done this yet. That's yeah. like That's just your, your basic – everybody goes in for that. That's when you go in for your first ultrasound to look at the baby and make sure everything is progressing as it should and – Unless you've had some problems before that, you might. But my, that is the right. the standard. My sister had Canada. hers, and I watched it from here, from my from my living room. What isn't that crazy? Facebook Live. She it, Facebook Live. No, there's this service that they have at the hospital, and they she went in for ultrasound, and they literally they can stream it to a private link. And you can send it to your family members. Wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy. And you can hear the heartbeat and stuff like that. She was here. Yeah, yeah. QE2. Wow. Is that scary? Or no, I'd be scary to watch that because it was super neat. And like you, I saw his face uh, and she Whoa. like points. She's like, there's a little penis. Like it's a boy. It's a boy. Like <laughs> it was amazing. fucking cool. I feel like anytime I've anyway. watched an ultrasound, I'm going, where's the baby? I, I dude. It, or what am I looking at? Yeah. What am I looking at? All yeah. I see is this uh, kind of... Um, uh, watermelon shaped yeah. space with uh, black and white. I don't know. Well, this they, I think it's like a shit, silent movie. I think their shit has been upgraded. They're like interstellar type, uh, right. type it's a 3D technology. model now. Yeah, well, it, it depends it was, where yeah. you are. She, she was pretty yeah. late, so maybe it wasn't yes, the twenty week may, thing. Or if she, sometimes if you're older, because there's a lot of of women who are having babies at older ages. So if you're over thirty five, you are up on the seventh floor. Or if you're high risk pregnancy, so I ended up spending a lot of time on the seventh floor i believe it's the seventh floor um you go and get your ultrasounds there and it's like completely different oh why is that i mean sorry i get the high risk part why the 35 is that because over 35 they it's called a geriatric Whoa, that's, that's so, harsh. That is harsh. That is that is the oh, you're 35. Term. But you're yeah, a geriatric. When, no, but when it's over 35, again, it becomes high risk. Just they should call it a mature pregnancy. Yeah. Do they send you mature? home with one of those? Yeah, um, nice. Do they send you <laughs> home with, with one of those uh, one of those pill things that say Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday <laughs> for all yeah. your pills? They're like, is, hey, is that a geriatric <laughs> joke, Taylor? Yeah, that is a geriatric <laughs> joke. That's right. Um, I thought you guys would like that term. It is. It's good. So. You go in for this uh, twenty-week yeah. uh, ultrasound. Yes. And and how do they break the news to you? <laughs> well, so you can Uh-oh. break the news. No, literally. Yeah, you know. So like they're they put. <clears throat> I'm, it's terrible. Hold the on. jelly. Yeah, they yeah they put the gel on your belly and then they start to do the ultrasound and uh, she like starts looking around and she's taking a little bit of time and then she's like, okay, there's one head. There's two. Wow. And we, my husband and I were like, what? And she was like, there's two. You're having twins. Well, Now, <laughs> I like, you know, when someone decides, I, I, I'm putting myself in, in, in those shoes. Like if, if Bridie and I today were like, all right, we're going to have a kid. That's a big, for me right now in my life, at the point huge in my life, decision. that's a huge de- decision, right? 
And to, to commit to that is like, okay, our life is going to change like drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you go through the process, you conceive the baby, the pregnancy happens and it's like, we're getting really excited, getting really excited. We've, mm-hmm. we've got a baby coming. We've got mm-hmm. a baby. You coming. do up like your one room in your house with yeah, one crib. All and that like- shit. And then, and then this moment, I'm imagining this moment and, you know, not to like, not to take away from, cause you know. Having twins is that that's that's amazing. Choose your but words I, carefully. But I can I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine that at least for myself, I would imagine that that first moment of hearing you're having twins, I'd be like, oh no. Like I feel like oh no would be the thought that would come to my oh, mind. I'd be the exact opposite. Because I'm not because I'm not ready. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I I haven't prepared for this. Like Right, but that's oh, you yeah, now, that's you right now. Yeah, well, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that, if that at all was the case for you guys, like if it was kind of a scary thing. Well, I think when there's any amount of unknown, there's there's certainly some fear and uncertainty. But we like it was exciting. We were shocked, and it felt again like just finding out that you were pregnant again. Right, like we were calling right. yeah. everybody. There you go. That's a cool way of looking at it. Some, like, you know, sort of jokes on right. people, like, guess what we're having? And they'd be like, oh, because oh, maybe it's a boy. they know if it's a boy or a girl, you know? <laughs> right. We're like, nope, nope. So it was a high fiveable yeah. moment. Like, it wasn't a, a yeah, moment of like, didn't sleep that what? Night. Neither right. of us slept that night. <clears throat> what a unique feeling. Like, so, I feel like that is a feeling that, that, that you don't get very often. You know what I mean? Like, there's not oh, a lot yeah. of feelings that would be equal to that feeling of of finding out you have a twin or like a triplet. Yeah. Well, from the, from the medical standpoint, so <clears throat> just to, it, so if that's a high, let's, I like the high fiveable moment. I think that's a very I like good that too. So sure. if that's a high five <laughs> moment for you yeah. from the medical standpoint, do the doctors or the person who's doing the ultrasound, are they like, yeah, congratulations. However, this is now what you need to Not know. Not the ultrasound technician. They, she actually left the room and gave us some time to sort of process. And then mm-hmm. she came back in because then she has to go through, you know, checking over each baby and looking at all, a all host of different things to make sure that everything's okay. But, um, yeah, immediately, I think it was the same. If it wasn't the same day, it was the next day I got a call from my family doctor, uh, you know, who was like, okay, you know, we need to make you know, everything looks good, basically, you know, gave me some details about the pregnancy and asked me if I wanted to know if we were having, you know, boys or girls or one of each. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then she was like, you know, like, this is a high risk pregnancy, like things change now. And like, she was very clear about the fact that like, you know, this is exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay. Everybody is you know, excited about having twins, but. But we got to get real this about is, this. This is very serious. Did you, did you have yeah. a birth plan? No, I didn't. And and that's a good question to ask because I think a lot of people this day and age like to have a picture of what it's going to be like. And some people want to have their babies at home or some people want to have them in the hospital or some want to have drugs or not have drugs or don't want to have interventions. Have their baby at the circus, have their baby at right. the you know, local swimming people, pool. People want to have mm. choices or have things done in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that after reading and talking to people because I knew that it's so unpredictable, right? All I wanted to have was healthy children. I wanted them to be okay. Mm. And that whatever the doctors thought was the best course 
of action to make sure that they were born healthy and that I was okay. Like that I wanted them to, mm-hmm. to take the reins because you never know what's going to happen when you go in there to have twins. Now, when your doctor, your family doc called and was like, listen, uh, we, we got to, you know, you're, you're high risk pregnancy now. We got to get mm-hmm. real and, and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the, was that a first for you? Like, were, was that, you know, was that a discovery for you? Were you kind of surprised? Totally. And like, and you know, well, you know, like she was very clear about it. And then, you know, I went on to see, um, you know, an obstetrician and, you know, lots of other specialists as, as the date got closer, everybody reiterated that it would, was a high risk pregnancy and Mm. these would be the challenges. And this could be the challenge as we, the further along we got, but I still, I still in my head was like, ah, it's going to be all good. Like I, uh, like I know lots of twins. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. I just was sort of like, oh, you know, like, yeah, babies, you know, twins typically come early. I'm, it's okay. I'm, it's not going to happen to me. Like I'm going to, I'm super healthy. I take really good care of myself. I'm following the doctor's orders. Like this is going to be okay. No, do twins ever come? I'm telling myself it's going to be fine. Do twins ever come on time? I don't. I I think the average is like 35 weeks. Right, and it's thirty nine or forty for forty would be like a full term pregnancy, yeah. And then anything before thirty seven would be would technically be like a preemie. Did you guys come uh, premature, Brian? No, uh, not technically because I think we were just like a couple weeks early. Okay, all right. Um, so not we weren't technically premature babies, but right. we were early. early. And I was, and like I was only five pounds when yeah. I was born. And my boys, um, look at you now, for Brian. context, my boys were three pounds and eight ounces and three pounds, 13 ounces. Whoa. And when so you think about that from the tiny. perspective of five oh pounds versus three pounds, it's like, well, when, when you're comparing it to five pounds, that's um, 40% less. Well, a normal, like a, a singleton is usually like eight to 10 pounds, aren't they? Uh, that's I pretty big. I think like, is, I think like seven, baby, like seven and a half, eight. eight. Yeah. And by that, I mean like imagine if you were 40% less than you weigh yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Or <laughs> I, like, it would be crazy that's a shitload. to think about. Yeah. And my brother used to always say, you know, they're, they were smaller than a loaf of bread. So mm. like that, like when you, that's like a good way to sort of like think about it. Like in context. And, like and also terrifying. <laughs> like yeah, cute, but scary as fuck, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. That goes without saying, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So like we don't need to mention it. So you have you have the babies uh, super early. Yeah, but even before that, so even before I have them super early, I had um, a period like a preterm labor. So I started to have cramps. Like I would just, I would, I guess, compare them to like menstrual cramps. Like I started to have cramps, and anytime. My best friend is a doctor and she was like, if you feel anything, like anything, anything at all, go into the hospital. So Mm. we went in and sure enough, like I was in preterm labor and that was at about 27 weeks. What does that mean? Preterm labor. It means like you're going into labor before early. Like, like way, way before like way you too should. Early. Term is the thirty nine or forty weeks. Yeah. Oh, term. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. I thought there were. Um, I thought it, trimesters. There, You're thinking oh, about trimesters. I'm thinking of trimesters. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. The three trimesters, yeah. not three terms. Got it. So, um, I was hospitalized, and they um, they gave me a a blood pressure medication. I think it was uh, magnesium sulfate. Anyway, the, the whole point reason of them giving that to me is because it stops the contractions and smooths the large muscles. So mm. it was able to stop the contractions. Um, and then they also gave me steroid shots, which they, they would do 
in any case like this with with where there's the risk of the babies born early so that their lungs will develop if they are born whoa or develop more quickly if they are born preterm whoa so, that's so crazy yeah so we got so i think i was in the hospital for 5 days if not 7 days and I was that was, five. was it scary it was really scary and my mom was away on vacation and so she was terrified and but um yeah so that so i guess so that anyway we were able to kind of get through that and in a lot of cases, um, the doctors may put you on bed rest, but they sent me home and they were like, we just want you to be on house rest. And I guess I should say earlier, like I was put off work at 22 weeks. I wasn't allowed to go to work after 22 weeks. By so, your work's choice or by, no, by the doctor's by the docs. orders? Wow. Yeah. But I still went out and did, you know, like I'd go to the grocery store if I had to or something like that. But most mm. of the time I was just like, you know, binging on Netflix. Were you technically not allowed to do that? Like, were you kind of going the parole were you like, officer? Fuck it, I'm going around. to the grocery store. They didn't, they didn't really give me any parameters. Yeah, strict parameters. Yeah, but I. They was were just like, like don't bench press like anything over 500 pounds. Oh well, uh, no, there was right, right. no exercise. Definitely like d- don't play any more football. No exercise. Right. Like walking was. No, jump, no and, jumping and jacks. No. But no then stomping once on the I ground. wasn't allowed to exercise after hmm. I. I don't think, yeah, only mild. They were like, you can't do anything intense. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. right. Right, no, rest, no wrestling. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, and then I went into labor again at <clears throat> almost 33 weeks, 32 weeks and six days. And that's when the boys were born. And that's when they came out. Um, yeah. It was Ky- Kyla's uh, friend who I was talking to you about before we started recording. Yeah. She went into the hospital and she had to lay down. Her instruction was, don't get out of bed for three months. Because yeah. any, oh. yeah, because yeah. any bed source, it was central. like any stress could induce labor. Yeah. Oh. And sometimes they will, you know, like you'll be on a bed, like kind of with your head down and your, your butt up. You know what I mean? Like they'll have the bed on a, a right. an incline or a decline so that like to try to s- stop it. Like there's very extreme situations. Like gravity to just helps and keep s- it in. And this might be too much information, but sometimes they'll even Never. stitch. They'll stitch your vagina shut? Your uterus, so that you, like, so that the baby will stay in. Like, that was whoa, pretty whoa. extreme. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, I mean, <laughs> that like, makes much more sense. The uterus makes yeah. more sense. You're a simple term. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> just stitching the vagina Did not shut. In my case, oh my God, what an idiot. That can happen in single two cases as well. Not just That's right. really extreme. So they yeah. would go in and sew your uterus shut. Wow, man. Just so that the baby doesn't come out. So what, like oh, how, I don't how, know details about that, but I, I've heard right. from friends that, that how risky is it to have uh, a baby at 32 weeks? <laughs> like obviously the closer you get to, um, that 37 to 40 weeks is, is best. Yeah, of course. The longer they can stay in the bed. So, but like, of- but like what, how risky is 32 weeks? Is it really, really, really fucking bad? Uh, No. I wouldn't say that, like, but that's the thing, like, for me... It's case to case, I think. Yeah, it's totally case to case, but when I, you know, when I'm feeling... When I would be in the NICU with my boys and, like, feeling bad about how horrible this situation was and feeling totally helpless, you know, I'd look at my friends who were there whose daughter was born at, like, I 
I believe, like 24 or 25 weeks. Wow. Wow. And was like, you know, small enough to fit in their hand and was like having heart surgery, you know? Oh, my God. So, I mean, there's all these extreme cases around you. And then you feel guilty for feeling bad, like for feeling bad about your own situation, right? So it's like, it's it's a big... Yeah, I mean the mind thing, game when you're in there. Yeah, because totally. You're really and, getting your own head and yeah, and the thing that you just have to, I think that you just have to like remember and realize is that everyone's situation is different. Totally. And just because your situation is not as extreme as someone else's, it does not make it any more, um, you know, like validated that it's it's a any a, less traumatic. Any less traumatic. Right. That's right. It's it's hard. It's a hard situation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially when like your child's or children's life is on the line, then yeah. whether it's whether it's 5% chance that they don't make it or or 95% chance it's still there's still a chance and that that's where the fear comes from, the fact that they might not make mm-hmm. it, right? That's right. You're always going to be able to find somebody who has a worse situation or a better situation. Yeah. So when you. when I was hospitalized for preterm labor, they had the neonatologist come up and speak to me and my husband and talk us through, you know, what would happen if they were born now uh, and then what would happen if they were born later. And, like, basically walk me through, like, if they were born now, how how everything would go. Like, they would, you know, when the babies came out, like, they would be put in, like, a plastic bag up to their neck to keep their the body warmth inside and then they'd Whoa. be like rushed off to the NICU. Oh my gosh. Right? So like in my head, I'm terrified about this happening. But again, he's telling me all these details about, and then each week gets better and better and better. So the longer you can keep them in, the better. But totally preparing me for worst case scenario. Well, maybe not worst case, but you know, like the challenges I would face if they were born while I was there the first time. But again, in my head, I'm thinking, nope, I am keeping these babies in my belly i like this is going to be okay this is going to be okay is there actually anything that you can physically like is do you have any physical control over that like not that not, not that you know that i'm aware of mm, yeah but, but whatever the know, doctor said then again, like... like you go back like now you know there was so much you replay so much in your head and i'm like if i had known I wouldn't have gone to the grocery store. I wouldn't mm. have gone to Costco. I wouldn't even have walked to the end of my driveway. I would mm. have just stayed on the couch. But in my head, like I just kept telling myself that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's I think that's what we all do, right? You got to And stay who knows? Positive. That probably maybe that did well, I was maybe that did its job and kept them in there for as long. Five weeks. That's right. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. It's like yeah. that you you might have done that. Right. So, so the babies come out and oh, right. there's this, that's complicated. Yeah. Thing. They don't just come out. Oh, did you have so, a C-section? So I deliver one of the babies and then the other baby starfishes and refuses to come out. He's like, He's like are you that? kidding me? This like, place I'm is not warm. ready to be born yet. Yeah, like, it's warm as shit in here. And, and I'm I coming have, out there I in that cold doctor's fraternal office. fraternal twins, so they were in separate sacks, right? Uh, Which, here's another crazy thing for you. I shouldn't say the word crazy. That is not the right choice of words on this podcast. Oh, we use the that's word okay. crazy all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's okay. okay. But here is a wild <clears throat> medical feat. Nuts. Yeah. It's they crazy. It's nuts. since had their, like, doctors have physically... Uh, delivered one twin and then kept the other twin inside the mom for like I think four or five weeks. Whoa! What? Yeah, I didn't this know happened that. in the states. 
Because my husband and I were like, couldn't they have just kept Max in there longer? It's like, yeah, they just like just yell in. They're like, don't come out, stay. And just like, Dan the dog father was there going, <laughs> yeah. okay, now give, no. it, give it a, a, yeah. a hard tug and then some positive affirmation. Like, but, I, but that would that would be really wild because then you'd have twins, but their birthdays would be on different days. I know. Whoa, that's trippy. I just, I can't. Was that like, a, did you dream about that when you were a kid growing up that you like had your own birthday? Yeah, because I, I, I cried a lot it? because I always had to share and it was yeah. like this, yeah. yeah, it, yeah rough the, life. Oh, I, I just can't wrap my head around how, how it's like, how the fuck did we, how the fuck did we get this far? Like, how did we even get to this point? Like, how did pregnancy, it, it's this crazy thing where we, we, we like harvest this, this little human inside our bodies. Yeah. And, and then, and there's all of these inherent risks associated with it. And we're at this point in, in, you know, time where we have the most incredible technological advances to, like, make sure these babies live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think back to, like, the d- days of, like, you know, like the Middle Ages. It's like, holy shit. Well, dude, oh, a lot of a lot Middle died. Ages. Think about, so like, many just, died. like, 50 yeah. years ago. But yeah. just, like, but it makes me – it just makes me go, like – Whoa. Man, I'm here today. But dude, like, think about I'm it. I'm one of the because I'm because for some reason the the lineage like that I come from didn't d- were just so fucking lucky that they didn't run into any issues in yeah. in their pregnancy. Like my my great 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 grandmothers. Yeah, but and them before them and all the way up till now. It's just like I think the thing that you forget is like way back in the day there was way more wizards around and then they could just cast magic that would like yeah that's right make it was the enchantments and right yeah and and you know like since the wizards have died off then now we rely on and which is why some people are bad in life like they're the remnants of the black magic birth that happened and I mean that's obviously the way to explain all that but what's crazy is that if you think about if you think about the way that we almost, it's much more common to have one child than it is to have twins. I'm, I imagine I have no idea what the statistic yeah, on that I is, but I'm assuming so. it yeah, is. There's not a, I mean, there's like, how many twins do you know? I think I've met like it's maybe a, more, handful, a handful it's of twins. It's becoming more, well, it's becoming common, more common now because of IVF. Statistically, oh, oh, right, right, right. But Interesting. It is still... That's right. But because like, think about if it. I wanted to have kids, that's what they told me. If I want to have kids, I have to do it uh, in vitro. In vitro. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, when you do that, your the chances of having twins are right. uh, much greater. Yeah, greater. And, and Kyla's friend did in vitro. And also, um, if you're over thirty, you have a greater chance. Oh, of interesting. Twins. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I've that, I've always so the, I'll, I'll just gloss <laughs> over this and then I'll go to that go to what I was about to say. Um, is that think about all the species on the planet that have like ten. Yeah. Babies, yeah. you know, like, like a kitty they just, litter. They just poop out like kitty litter, fucking, no, like litter so many, so many babies. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, how big, the fuck did they do that? Bigby came from a litter of thirteen. Like that's 13. insane. I mean, I know. I mean, I know. We we pass off, we pass it off as something that we just know, and we so we take it for granted. We just go, oh yeah, dogs have litters of this size, cats have litters of this size, and humans have one. But it's fascinating when you think about it that we have all these species, and everybody has a kind of a different birth um, mechanism. But what I was gonna say. Just after that is I, I don't really, Kyle and I have kind of, um, had a lot of conversations about not really wanting kids. Um, 
but I've always said that if someone told me that you can have, like you can make the decision to have twins that I would have kids if I could have twins. Whoa, but no. Well, this this is really enlightening, although it, it hasn't changed my perspective yet. But maybe it will. Not that you wouldn't. Not that you wouldn't <clears throat> want twins. But it's a high risk pregnancy, right? Yeah. So you're you're, you're bringing you're, on more. Yeah. Something could happen. But Taylor's to not giving. Taylor's not having or, that baby. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so pass it on to Kyla. Whatever. Right, Tay. That's what yeah, you're exactly. saying. That's yeah. That's that's my stance. <laughs> okay, Raymond, and let's uh, let's get back to Jill. Jeez, we're not, well, the babies haven't even. Well, one has been born, but the second one hasn't even been born. Yet. Yeah, I know. I know. So, so he starfishes, so, and they can't get him out. They literally have to try to reach in and pull him out. Oh, Jesus. Which, okay, I should preface that I have had uh, an epidural at this point because the epidural, they also try to use to stop labor. Because they were still trying to stop the labor at 32 weeks and six days. Is the epidural like, euphoric? Uh, no. no. It just It's just... It's a, I mean, it's just a pain numbing, killer. Yeah. yeah. So you just don't, like, you feel pressure and not pain. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, I know there's stuff going on, but, like, the pain is kind of, like, irrelevant. Plus, you're also, like, in this intense headspace because you, are, well, I was focused on delivering a baby, which we did. I delivered him. They had to use forceps, though, to get him out. And oh. then, so then, then they're like, okay, trying to get a baby number two, can't get him out. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to do By reach in, do you C-section. mean like literally reach in? I don't know. I, honestly, because like I c- couldn't really right. see anything, right? And like, I'm kind of out of it. Right. Mm. And like exhausted and, you know, we'd, we'd probably have to like consult the birth notes or mm. like talk to my husband who I think probably stuff is a little bit hazy for him too because I it was could imagine. very traumatic intense. Totally. we weren't expecting to have our, our babies but mm. where we were and i should preface that like we were in the or with uh my family doctor who is a prenatal specialist so she was helping to deliver the babies an obstetrician the obstetrician resident at least two nurses and i i would say that there were at least Five or six more people in that room. The studio audience. Just, totally. Because uh, we're the, in the OR and then like someone to hold the applause carts. complicated. All the global news fans. Just. <sighs> oh, no God. videos. Oh, God. Nothing. No, but they, they, um, so then they decide they have to do an emergency C-section. So I don't know if that's oh, wow. because they can't get him out or if his heart rate has dropped. Anyways, something's going on. I don't know the full details. But, but get him out. They have stat. to get him out now. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to do the C-section. And uh, I started becoming like really nervous about, well, I don't like like having the C-section, right? Because I'm conscious and I'm like, uh, never been in the hospital until, you know, my experience with being pregnant and like totally freaking out. So like, and please don't cut me open. Kind of. Like yeah. in my head, I'm like, don't, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I, then I'm like, they're like, I don't know, like take a brush and they're like, can you feel this? And I was like, yeah, I can feel that. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to top up your epidural. So then they like brush across my abdomen again and they're like, can you feel that? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, okay, we're going to have to put her under. Oh my God. So then they have to put me under. That sounds better though. Then my husband can't be in the room when I'm under anesthetic. So they have to send him outside. Why is that? Why is that? It's and be, here's the other oh. thing is that not, not necessarily better because being under a- anesthetic it's risky. Um, it's more it, risky. It, yeah, it also 
presents a, another host full of, of risks, you know, like respiratory risks and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, maybe it's a little more serious if you have respiratory problems like myself, but I think I, if you're pregnant. Do you have CF? Uh, yeah, I have cystic fibrosis. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's a chronic lung disease. Right. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that like that, that's probably a last resort. Uh, to put you under, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't but imagine I think that like that's also I was just like, I don't want to feel myself being cut open. Oh, of and, course like, not. Just let yeah. me like close my eyes <laughs> and but wake I, up you and know, be over. But I, but I want to see my son being yeah, born, yeah. right? Like that's the other part too is like Xander's born. They show him to me and they ask ask me, you know, like his name. And I say his name and the obstetrician is like, that's my father's name. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's not John, is it? Xander. Oh, sorry. I thought the other baby. I was like, because John's pretty common. Did, <laughs> His middle name is John, though. How did, uh, how did she present him? Like, I'm picturing like Simba on Pride Rock. I, uh, well, that's kind of what it felt like. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It okay. was another high, fi- high five. High five. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then they've got to whisk him away because they got to check him. And right. he's early. So they got to put him in an incubator and make sure everything's good. And like, so I don't even get to hold my baby. He's just oh. like, here he is. Gone. See ya. Yeah, yeah, right. I have a. Um, Let's I, focus on the other one that's still stuck inside you. <laughs> are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. Since we've kind of been talking about, like, the stress of, like, this whole situation of giving birth to your kids, yeah, um, I probably wouldn't have as, like, visceral of a, of a um, reaction to it if I didn't... I don't know if any of you guys saw... Jimmy Kimmel do his uh, oh. his monologue. I did. I watched a little bit of it, and then I started to tear up. Oh and I my stopped. god, dude! Like it was so. And like, and I I know that's a totally different situation, but it's the same in the way of like something is happening while my child is being born, and I don't know the. I can't predict the outcome of it, and it's like gut wrenching. And that would be called a traumatic birth, a right. traumatic birth experience. Right. Right. Like. Yeah. I was. I was. And especially like to see somebody on live TV yeah, who's a comedian, like, oh my God, dude, that guy broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So. So you're talking about him. So, and you guys can probably relate to this, this situation a little bit more than you can like me, you know, being knocked out and, and having the baby. Picture my husband, uh, you know, who's been standing by his wife's side while his you know, twin boys are being born early. Uh, and then they're like, you've got to go. Yeah. Oh so my they God. send him out. They send him with Xander to go to the NICU. So the nurse takes him and then he's watching his son, like in an incubator in the NICU, like by himself with the nurse. And then they bring him back and he's standing outside the door of the OR. He has no idea what's going on. He doesn't know if his wife or his son are going to come out alive. Yeah. Uh, and then he, and he's just literally standing there. And then he said he heard the baby cry. He heard Max cry. And so then he like breathed a sigh of relief and then, you know, they did all their checks or whatever. And then they brought Max out. So then he went with Max to the NICU and then Max started having trouble breathing. 
So they had to put like a CPAP machine on him so that to offer him breathing support. So he said like it was like the most terrifying moment because he's there. His son is struggling to breathe and he has no idea what's going on with me. What's with you? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, like they sort of, they stabilized Max, but he said like, that was like gut wrenching and like terrifying and he didn't know what to do. And he's like, they're essentially there by himself with like Mm -hmm. a nurse that he's been hanging out with for the last couple hours. Then they bring him back to see me in recovery. So he's got to leave his two newborn premature sons, three pound, three pounders basically, and come see me. And then like, I'm totally out of it and unconscious. Mm. Yeah, and I've just been through like major surgery. So it's you know clearly that entire experience was uh, a not what you guys were anticipating, not what you were like you know hoping for. It was a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's fast forward a bit, right? Because I know that um, one of the things that we 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 planned on talking about was the sort of the struggles after going through something like that and maybe maybe the struggles of after going through just pregnancy in general even if it's a normal totally normal pregnancy but mm-hmm. like the issues surrounding postpartum depression how common is postpartum that is a good question I mean, I can't tell you exactly. I think it's like one in five is the statistic for one in five women will have postpartum depression. Well, statistically in this room, it's one in one. <laughs> one in five, it's I think, is size. what it is. But then, yeah. but then like your risk increases in other, with other scenarios. So if you have twins, your risk increases. Oh. If you have a traumatic birth, your risk increases. If you have preterm labor, your risk increases. If you spend any time in the NICU, your risk increases. So like, so you can just keep adding like the risk factors on. So it's not surprising that you, that you are, ha- no. are experiencing that. No, but in my head, again, I was like. It's all good. It's all good. It's going to be all good. Mm. And I chalked everything up to like. This is just what it's like having twins. Everybody told me it was going to be overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. I'm being I'm a parent for the first time and I have two brand new babies. Do I they, have two preemies. Mm, this is just what it's like. They, um, In my head I keep saying I'm just overwhelmed because this is just how it is. Do they like try to do they say anything like once you have the birth and then everything is kind of settled down do they say by the way there's going to be uh there's a strong chance that you will experience symptoms of postpartum depression i don't remember anybody specifically saying that to me but i do think it's important that i say that my family doctor every time i did a well check with her every time she checked up on my babies every time she checked up on me she always asked me about my mental health Mm. always like she would talk to me about it she would say how are you feeling you know what are your thoughts like are you dealing with any anxiety Are you overwhelmed? Are you feeling any feelings of guilt? Like, and, and most of the time I would answer yes to all that stuff. Then I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's okay though. It's just, I think it's all just part of this. It's having twins. It's being a parent for the first Mm. time. And I would just brush it off as like, I think that this is just what everybody goes through. How could, how could this be anything more than that? This might be a bit of a, like a, a dumb question, but is there, is there a difference between postpartum depression and like 
depression. And I mean that in terms of like the way that it presents itself. Um, or is it, or is it, is it the same thing? And it's just called postpartum depression because it's the direct result of having a baby. I can't tell you exactly. Like you'd have to ask the doctor, but Mm. from what I know, for it to be postpartum depression, it needs to be diagnosed within a specific time frame after the baby is born. However, in my case, we didn't realize that that's actually what had happened until like six weeks ago. So let's say almost two years after the babies were born. Mm. And what is that? What is a regular time frame for postpartum? I think, I think they. I think they say that like it has to be diagnosed within eight weeks, maybe. And then it can I last think, up to. Oh, it. I mean, it could last. It could last forever life? if it's never treated. Oh wow! I mean, but it would. I mean, it would technically. I guess it would become depression. I don't know. Sure. But I don't know, like the the technicality mm-hmm. of it. But um, after going to see, I went started to go see a counselor, and we figured out that that's actually this is what you're looking. So, at. so you're basically you you go to your. Uh, your GP mm-hmm. and she's asking you these questions, but, and you're answering yes to them, but you're saying, you know, I am feeling anxious. I am feeling um, like overworked or exhausted um, emotionally because of trying to deal with the situation of raising two kids mm-hmm. and being a new mom. But then you're, you're just kind of brushing it off and saying, yeah, but you know, like this is kind of to be expected in this, in this scenario. Yes. So then what is, what is like the, the moment when you realize, okay, maybe I am a little bit, um, a little bit more emotionally drained or taxed than, than what is kind of expected or what is acceptable. I think that there were uh, like a couple little moments along the way, but I don't think I noticed that things were really bad until last fall. So probably about like six to eight months ago. And how is that manifesting? What do you mean? Like, like, the, what, like the, what was it? What was really bad? Like what? Why? What? What constituted as really bad? Um. Well, I just like I was really unhappy. I was back at work at this point. Um. I was really unhappy. I was crying a lot, and I was really angry. Like I would have like feelings of rage. Uh. That. And that was the thing that really tipped me off because I don't think that I'm an angry person. I think generally like I'm a pretty happy, go-lucky kind of person. Certainly I'm emotional. So the crying was more than usual, but like maybe not necessarily out of character. But this like this rage that I'm talking about would be like it would be just for minor things like a cereal bowl being left on the counter or like my, you know, like trying to change my son and him hitting me in the face. I, I would feel like anger flushing from my toes all the way up to the top of my head like i felt like a cartoon Ooh. character with like steam shooting out of my head like and i would be so angry uh and and most of that anger i would say was directed towards my husband like i didn't know why i was feeling this way but i would like just be angry at him like because i don't know because that seemed like mm. a, a, a good outlet just yeah where, you the know pl- it, I think an that easy often place happens, right yeah, it's, it's like an easy your place to like partner or the person closest to you bears the brunt of like mm-hmm. i didn't i couldn't understand what was going on and so like that was just that's where i was focusing my anger and and like that's where i was focusing the blame what I kind of effect was that having on the two of you 
Oh, it was tough. Yeah. It was really tough. And, uh, but you know, like he, and it, like it got to the point where he was like, Jill, like, I don't know what you're so angry about. And like, like you can't even see how angry you are and how upset you are. Like, I really, like, I think you need to go talk to somebody. Mm. And so I did go talk to my GP and she was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to refer you to a psychologist and I think you should go talk to somebody. So that's what she did. And so I went, um, and that was like, I think around November and I went and, uh, I don't know, I was like really nervous about it and I just felt uncomfortable, but I went and we talked and like, I think I did feel a little bit better. And then when I went to schedule for like my next appointment, it was like, I couldn't get an appointment for like a month. And then it was like Christmas time. And so I just kind of blew it off and I was kind of freaked out by the whole thing. So I just, I blew it off. And then again, after Christmas, like I started just like, I you lose know, I was your like, shit again. Yeah. And like, just like not being happy around the boys and like crying in front of them and like losing my temper and like yelling at Mark in front of them and like us having fights in front of them, which you know, like we always had said, like, we're never going to fight in front of our kids. Like, that's just something we're not going to do. And like, it would be like getting angry about nothing. Mm. And so the, the breaking point was I was crying one day for no reason, like just sitting there crying. I don't know, like some, some plans had changed, like any little unexpected thing would set me off any change in plans. And I was sitting like in the house crying and my son looked up at me and he said mama sad and i just felt so horrible mm. and i was just like like this is clearly like having an effect on them i'm like i need to i need to do more so i went back to see my counselor and that's when i started going on a weekly basis i think i at that point like i quit my job um and just really started focusing on health, myself and on them mm-hmm. and like getting better Uh, so through the process of going to talk to my psychologist on a weekly basis, I uncovered that, you know, I had been experiencing all of these like symptoms of depression, Mm. anxiety. She said like I was even exhibiting symptoms of PTSD. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. And like, that's a whole other thing, you know? And the, and it like postpartum PTSD is a whole other thing. Yeah, right? right. So she said like that those feeling that feeling of like rage that I would have. There was an episode like I think it was about a week and a half, maybe two weeks after the babies were born. So they they were in the NICU, right? And so I was in the hospital for my recovery for a week after they were born. Um, and then you get sent home. So your babies have to stay in the NICU, mm. but you get sent home. So I had to leave them. We had to leave them and go home and then travel back and forth to the hospital, which was like gut-wrenching, mm-hmm. right? Because in your head, your pregnancy is... Yeah, you're like, you I just have my baby, fucking babies. You take like, this beautiful picture that you post on Facebook of yeah. you just having your baby, and then you carry your baby in the car seat to your car, and you go home with your baby, right? Yeah. So none of that, none of that happened. No. None of that. And uh, so like, I was just like, just gutted going home without my children yeah. and having to drive back and forth. And also, I feel like, like the you, biological, like, yeah, like, like desire to just as have the baby. Just a physical yeah. separation, to, right? Yeah. Even, even at the hospital, like, I was in a room <coughs> on the fifth floor and they were on the NICU on the third floor. 
So like even that separation, right? And then I'm also on the same floor as people who've just had normal pregnancies and I can hear babies crying at night in the room next to me and it like would make me so angry mm. because like my babies were had to be two floors away and I couldn't even be in a bed beside them. Yeah. I had to be on a floor like two floors up. They are working on that. There is mm. like right across the country they are changing the way they do the neonatal units so that the parents can room in with the kids. Oh, because it's and all that, that is happening here at the IWK, but like, that's a fucking great idea. A process. Yeah. But, yeah, is it you just like, it seems like a no brainer, right? right. That they, you should be mm-hmm. there and they want you there as much as you can possibly be there with your children. The baby because, needs it. Yes. The, they will do much better if you're there mm-hmm. with them. And, and, it, and I'm assuming it, I, I don't know if this is if it plays into it, but does does that separation um, between floors and all that stuff does that play into the increased um, um, possibility that you could have postpartum depression? Like, does that separation? I, I think it like, did for incubate me. that potential. I think it did for me too, for sure. Because I can't relate at all. Obviously, I don't have kids. Yeah. I'm not a woman. Uh, I'll never give birth. Yeah, I have a dog, and I know that when I first got him. I was like, I should take time off work (laughs) because I don't want to not be around them. And, you know, that's the closest thing that I can get to understanding the desire to be around something that is new and yours. And you take take that and multiply that by by like a a million and then like deeply rooted into your like biological makeup. Mm -hmm. One time I got a new video game and I wanted to take a week (laughs) off work to play it a bunch because I wanted to get acquainted with it. I think that is exactly what it's like. It's like when I got Skyrim. You're just addicted. That definitely makes way more sense than my example the, yeah. of the dog, the dog. I, I make i like that one way more yeah it's certainly about equally as far removed though i i i'm curious to know mm. if you if you medicated um like for your your depression i am now yeah and yeah. and how has that changed things for you it was like somebody flicked a switch yeah it was literally like they they you you gradually your dose gradually increases week by week uh and i'm on uh sertraline hydrochloride zoloft is like the brand name yes um and so yeah gradually week by week your dosage increases until you get to like the dose they want you to be at but literally within the first week even when i was taking this minuscule dose i noticed like it felt like somebody flicked the switch and i was me again Mm. like i just had more patience. I had more energy. I was sleeping better. Like I would be waking up through the night, like several times a night and like my mind would be racing and I couldn't get back to sleep. Hmm. And I have two, two, I have two year old boys who like I am chasing around after all day. Like it is exhausting. You are physically exhausted by the end of the day. They are busy children. They Mm -hmm. don't like to sit around. They want to be outside like and on the go. Hmm. Did you guys want to have, um, like obviously not multiple kids at once but did you picture yourself having like two children yeah definitely two well if not more but right i think i think think we're probably gonna stick with two so in in retrospect and barring like obviously you've had a really challenging experience with with postpartum depression but is it are you happy that you had two at the same time I love them and I and I love them more than anything and I love seeing the two of them together and I think that anybody who has twins in their life um knows that it is or multiples it is just an amazing experience to see these two humans bond 
and yeah. just especially mm-hmm. like to have have them grow up together like when they're babies and to see them interact at such a young age like they're so tight and you know like one of my boys like we've had to work really like they're working really hard and learning how to share but like one of the boy one of my boys now like if his brother's sad like he'll you know take a toy over and offer him a toy and and then say that's happy, so happy. That's so like cute. to try to make him happy cool. you know so like there's just like there's just interactions that you I don't think that you would ever even get to see between siblings like the mm. twin. It's just that twin thing is really special. And I should say that when I said earlier that I, that Kyle and I have, have said that we don't really want to have kids, but I feel like I would want to have kids if we had twins. Yeah. That's what Why? I picture. That's well, the reason amazing. is because, and, and it has a lot to do with Brian and Dennis being, we've been best friends since we were 10 years old Yeah, and it has a lot to do. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever even told you this, Brian, I think I have. That I I feel that twins have an amazing capacity to become really successful because of the way that they play and drive off of each other, mm-hmm. um, which is totally the case with Brian and Dennis and a like lot of twins that I know. Factor too, right? I think that you like as a, as a very young human, you learn how to care about somebody else, how to share mm-hmm. and just to, like to really, you're always able to put yourself in someone's shoes because they're always right there beside you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a bond that's like obviously incredibly unique and special mm-hmm. about So it's worth, twins. it's worth all the work and you know, the crazy things that have happened to my mind and body. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so wild to think about something's, uh, you know, how something so beautiful like pregnancy and like, the birth of multiple uh, mm-hmm. children at the same time can can also at the exact same time be so traumatic and mm. be so detrimental to your health in terms of like your mental health, even your physical health. Yeah. Like it just like what a what a fu- what a wild exchange. Well, you and know? That, you know, like I think that's one of the big things. Is I was sort of getting to that, and I completely went on off track, which is typical, but. You know, like I had these preconceived notions in my head of what it was going to be like or what having a baby was like, you know, like I was, you know, I imagined myself holding these two Mm -hmm. baby, beautiful baby boys in my arms after I had given birth and having a picture with my husband and like having our first family photo and then taking them in the elevator and putting them in their car seats and driving home and putting them into their cribs and Mm. all of those kind of things and all of that stuff that I imagined didn't happen and it, mm. and I felt so resentful for that like and I would be going into the hospital on a daily basis to see my babies in the NICU and I and people would be in the elevator with their babies leaving the hospital and it would make me so mad and mm. and upset and I felt like I had had like this thing taken away from me well that I never had like you know I, and it was so there was there's so many challenges about um, having babies prematurely. I mean, this is not even really a twin thing that just, um, being in the hospital setting, uh, makes even more challenging that is, that is clearly, we are doing so much right now, uh, to change the way that we treat people. And we're really starting to focus more on mental health. But it is clear that we have so much further to go. Nobody thought about the fact that, me sitting in a hospital bed with the woman in the room behind me with her baby crying was going to make me feel awful and anxious and even worse about 
my situation. Nobody thought about the fact that, you know, I just, like, I'm saying me, but like, this has happened to many women, you know, had uh, an emergency C-section, delivered a baby, have to, have to somehow figure out my way to get from the seventh floor down to the third floor, down all of these hallways, like after when I'm not even supposed to be walking Mm. to go see my children, that I can't be in a bed beside them, even though like we're in the same hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. it, they haven't thought. It's like some simple logistic things. So, that there like, is so much family mm-hmm, yeah, care yeah. that they that they think about, but there's so so many simple things that would go such a long way to helping people's mental mm-hmm. health that we have we haven't gotten there yet. We're we are going there. They are, you know, they are working towards improving that situation, but. There are so many things that could have been done differently that would have made mm. my life easier. And my husband's, here's another wild thing. So they're born prematurely. They can't breastfeed yet, but I want to breastfeed my baby. So I've got to pump milk every three hours so that, you know, like I start producing milk and, and they can have the milk. They would feed it basically through a an NG tube. Mm. So it would go up their nose and then down into their, their stomach. Mm-hmm. So... I would have to pump this milk and then the nurses in the NICU would said, okay, well, just give it to your nurse and then they'll bring it down to us and then we'll give it to your baby. Well, turns out that one of the nurses or a couple of the nurses weren't actually delivering the milk. They, they were, were like, I'm drinking this a, myself. They were just They're like putting it in, in their coffee. Fridge. They were just Whoa. sticking it in a fridge and it wasn't getting to my, like, to my babies oh, like a couple floors away. So my husband found out and he like, would have been irate. Lost it. Yeah, well, fuck, because I'm waking up every three hours when I really need to be getting sleep to heal. But I, you know, I'm trying to. We're trying to feed our babies, and breast milk is obviously like superior to mm. formula yeah. or anything else that we yeah. could be giving them, especially when they're premature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think that? Um, I just got count down from ten. Oh, hours right. to Do that. That Good. this is um, that it's 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 awesome to have these conversations about the reality of of birth and of uh, and and things like um multiple births awareness day mm-hmm. because i think something that plays into the women and and men having this picture perfect birth experience mm-hmm. is because you're so much more likely to hear that experience yeah absolutely. from the people in in our lives in our society is that you're much more likely to hear the story from um, you know, the person that, you know, through the other person that they had this perfect birth and they came home and they had their picture and you saw it on Facebook. And those are the things that get put out into the world more often. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that anything is perfect. I think that, that they are all complicated, but I think that, I think that but people we present don't the reality. get into the nitty gritty. Right? right. And we present mm. the yes. reality and like, you know, you can how go often, into that how in social media. Well, I was terrified to post pictures of my children when they were yeah. born because I didn't know if like people would like how that would make people feel to see these babies with tubes coming out of them in an incubator. Right. Right. But it it was like a month before I put put pictures up of my children. Like people Mm. present the reality that they would like other people to see. I think so. But I also think it's like, I think people just put the pictures up that capture that high fiveable moment. High five moments. Right. Exactly. But no. So this is what I'm saying is that we're no, there's this, this isn't happening. Like people are posting is, the pictures of like the right, things that are that are not those high five moments, right? Exactly. Which then makes us think and not that they need to do it on moments. social media, but they're not having the conversation either. Yeah. Which is why, which is why this is so great to do. Yeah. Because it's 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 showing that you know 
birth is complicated. It's almost never perfect. Mm-hmm. It has a ton of complications. It's it's almost never that that what you what you see on a on a birth photo that's on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a whole bunch of shit that you didn't plan for and that you had to go with the flow to to to, to deal with it. Yeah. Having said that, but that's what makes it beautiful. Sure, yeah. Like that's what that's what makes if this moment was so if giving birth was so easy and you could just, you know, like have a kid and boom it comes out and it's no effort to raise it or whatever, then it wouldn't be the beautiful experience that it is. And that's yeah, that's what I, that's what I think is really special about mm-hmm. this entire thing. And having having yeah. said that, what would you say, Jill, <laughs> is the thing that this whole process has taken away from you? Well, I think that because I had so much anxiety and guilt uh, for, you know, like the first two years of their lives, I mean, sometimes more than others, I don't know if I like fully 100% was it fully able to enjoy like like raising them, Mm -hmm. you know, like right now, it's like funny because i'm like these are magic pills i feel so amazing and (laughs) i'm the mom i always wanted to be because i have so much patience and they take away like all the horrible feelings that i had even when in my head like i'll have i'll i'll know that like i'm waiting for like the the rage to happen and it doesn't happen Mm. this is so awesome like i can really actually like slow down and live in the moment and that like i would always have these racing thoughts and you know, I think it really would take me out of the moment. Whereas now that I'm medicated and that I I'm, I'm dealing with this and I'm, I'm healing from this challenge. I'm able to be present in my children's life and my husband's life. I'm able Mm. to like, to really be there and, and really, I really be me because I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't fully me. There was part of me that was missing. Or there was like this monster, you know, mm, that was sort mm. of like looming inside of me. Now, what would you say that this experience has given you? I think it really just has given me a, a greater appreciation of mental health and what people go through and how hard it is to recognize that something is wrong and ask for help. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've had friends say to me, because I've started talking about it now, I had no idea, Jill. Like, I had no idea. You faked it so well. Even family members say, I wish I had known how hard it was on you. I would have helped. But I think part of the coping mechanism when you're dealing with something like that and when you're a parent for the first time is you just keep going. You just keep going because that's what you have to do. And mm. you just do the best that you can because that's all that you can do. And I think it got to a point in my life where things started to get easier with the boys. Um, and especially like when I, I quit my job, like I had time to like to process. And like it was almost like I had been pushing all of that stuff back and pushing all of that stuff down and then it all came to the surface. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how my psychologist described it as well. You know, she was like, you know, that's why she thinks that it was postpartum depression and anxiety and postpartum PTSD because she said, you know, this is, um, you know, it's all just coming out now because you've had time to process it before you were just pushing it down because you had to raise these 
boys, you had to feed them. You had to help them grow. You had to get them to a point where they were. And then like now you have time to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm. So I guess, I don't know if that answers your question. I think it does perfectly. Yeah. The the one thing I wanted to get back to that I totally skipped out on was the, the, the postpartum PTSD thing. Right. So I had, after, so I uh, got to the point where I was saying like being separated from them and I was having to go back and forth and be home and all I was having to get up through the night to pump milk and I would have so much anxiety that I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep. I cleaned my entire house from top to bottom. Meanwhile, right, I'm supposed to be recovering from this C-section. Mm. Right? Top to bottom in the middle of the night, I would be up like cleaning my whole house, organizing everything like down to like the drawer in my basement, basically. And then uh, I think it was about a week and a half to two weeks afterwards, we were home one evening and then I just started having these like spinning thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like what is going on in my life? What am I doing? I have these like two little boys who are like, you know, like in the hospital just to like, and nurses and doctors are helping them to like stay alive and to grow like, I'm here at home. Like, what have I done? Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a, I like a parent now. I've had have all these feelings, which I think they would typically would be like the baby blues, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you're like coming to this realization that your life has completely changed. So like, I'm totally overwhelmed by those feelings. And then I like just completely lose it. And I completely lose it on my husband. And I have this like, to like again like this rage fit and like throwing stuff in my kitchen and I'm losing my mind and I'm screaming and yelling and like bawling and crying and my husband's like I don't know what to do I I like he's totally at a loss he has no idea what to do and I'm like take me to my children take me to them right now and so like I'm still losing my mind mm. and he gets me in the car and he takes me to the hospital and I get out of the car and I slam the door and I go into the hospital in the middle of the night. It's like probably 1230, 1 o'clock and go into the – I'm allowed there whenever I want, the NICU, to see the boys. And like I come in and the nurse – Because you're Jill Chapel. No, oh, anybody. They're like, Jill Chapel's here, everybody. So I come Wake in up. Wake up. The nurses Jesus are Christ. like, uh, is everything okay? Baby. Baby. <laughs> oh, clearly everything's not okay. I'm like bawling my eyes out. And so like I get in the chair and they get – the boys like they can take the boys out of the incubator and they put them him them on my skin right it's called skin to skin like yeah so good for them and like Mm -hmm. uh good for the mom too because it helps with that bonding that you're lacking because you're separated from your children taylor still does skin to skin with his mom (laughs) that's nice that's comforting for them yeah that was well placed (laughs) you guys still hug your mom I I, oh, I definitely yeah. hug my mom. Yeah, that's where it yeah. all starts. I, oh man, I, I hug my mom. Worst joke, but I did. I do <laughs> hug my mom, <laughs> and I boy. make sure when I do hug my mom, I just put my ear right up to her sternum and just nuzzle my cheek just above her bosom <laughs> and say, "I love you, mom." Oh man. So then I stay there overnight and sleep in a chair in the NICU with my children. Yeah, and that is the moment that she says, my psychologist says she thinks is when I feel that rage. That's the PTSD. Yeah. That that's that feeling coming over me again. And that's why it's so quick is because. Have you had that come back? Like since the meds, has that come back at all? No. But there's been times when like I like, like instances where things will change or when I'll be annoyed with something that my husband did where I'm like waiting for the rage to happen. Mm. And it doesn't. You're like, sweet. Uh, This is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So, So 
And I was very reluctant to go on medication. Yeah. Very reluctant. And so initially when I went in to see my family doctor and ask for help, I was like, you know, what should I do? I don't want to take medication. And, and they're just I like, went, so, so they just roll their eyes. They go, psychologist. okay, and then yeah. I give told, it a couple you know, weeks. Like, that was probably one of the things that I said to my psychologist. And so like, she was like, okay, we'll start exercising and all of these alternative things. And mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to yoga, be there like regularly. And then it got to the point where I was like, no amount of yoga, mm. amount of counseling, anything is going to, is going to fix this. Like mm-hmm. I am not getting any better. And then the medication was like overnight. And I think it's because it's like, well, I'm also somebody who's very stubborn and, you know, and disciplined. So I was like, yeah, you know, yoga does make me feel really good and it gets me like fit, but it also gets me in a good headspace. Mm. I can do this. I couldn't like I could not overcome this without medication. I needed it. And there's that stigma associated, right? That you're like, oh, now I'm Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm a pill popping those and things can only those things can because I've got something going on in my head. They can only things like exercise, yoga, whatever it is, alternative alternatives to medication can mm-hmm. only help to a certain degree, depending on the severity of what you're dealing. That's with. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, if there's it, no cure all out know, there. There's and, a there's a point past which medication is a necessity. Yeah, and 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 it's it's a shame that that stigma exists to the point where it prevents people who actually just need it. They actually just straight up, you just need the medication. Well, legitimately, and they like, just there's don't a chemical do imbalance it. in my brain. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, it wouldn't have happened that fast yeah. that I would have like felt that differently. And I mean, Matt, like think of all the hormonal changes that have gone on in my body over the past two years. It's yeah. like, crazy. Pregnancy, yeah. then I was breastfeeding like yeah. two babies for like 15, 16 months. Like, yeah. And like medication for medication for mental health, the perception about medication for mental health is so much different from physical health. Oh yeah. Like a diabetic who goes in and they go, you got diabetes and they're like, sweet. Well, what can I do other than take insulin? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Could, you me, could you give me some alternatives? Yeah, to yeah. Insulin? And they're like, try yoga. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, absolutely not. There is no alternative. You need to take. You need to take insulin. But St. James yeah, Wort. But we the, need. Uh, but that's the thing with with mental health medication because people have the 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 idea that they should be able to control their mind, mm-hmm. whereas people without mental health issues can't control their own mind. So why the fuck do you think that yeah. you can if you've got something that you need a medication for? Mm-hmm. Controlling your mind in the easiest of circumstances is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your mm-hmm. entire life, let alone trying to do it when you have something that's tri- that's actively blocking it. Yeah. So I don't know why we think that way. Um, we, we've come to time. Uh, <clears throat> before we wrap it up, mm-hmm. is there anything you would like to put out there for anybody who might be experiencing or potentially uh, about to experience something similar to what you went through? I think it's just so important to be completely honest with yourself and completely in tune with yourself. And if you're feeling, if you're feeling anxious and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling angry, like I had no idea that that anger was a symptom Mm. You know, in my head, like I have this preconceived notion, okay, well, postpartum depression is like, it's not the baby blues, but it's more intense depression when you're, you know, feeling despair and you're having scary thoughts about harming yourself or your Ooh. kids or you're, you know, f- feeling a lot of guilt. Like I knew that those were the things associated with postpartum depression. I didn't know it was like 
rage. Yeah, punching holes through windows and, like, and, and smashing glass. And guilt and, you know, like racing thoughts. And yeah. I was so overwhelmed with even, like, I think my mother cleaned my house for, like, the first year that I had the boys because I couldn't even get that done. I could barely even get, like, dinner on the table. I just was completely overwhelmed with everything. That sounds like me right now. I My mom comes over here and is like, I'm going to clean the floors. And I'm like, sweet. And she's like, have you eaten yet? And I'm like, no. Yeah, so I think it's just about being in tune with yourself and trusting your instincts. Wow. And, and if you even have an inkling of feeling that something is going wrong, Jill, do you think, go talk to Do you think I should doctor. go talk to someone about that? I, fuck. Well, you don't have a baby yet. But <laughs> postpartum depression can happen to men, too. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like I, I can't imagine how traumatic it would have been are for probably your husband. Even higher, but as you know, men are much less likely to seek help. Stuff it down, especially, mm. especially in like this scenario. Yeah, you know, because I think that probably most men don't realize that how much it, it can affect for them to have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, thank you. I know that it took a lot for you to, you know, to come in here and and open up about all this stuff and it means a lot that you wanted to take the time to do that and um and i feel good about knowing a little bit more about uh multiple birth awareness day totes baguettes you know <laughs> it's it's legitimately my favorite uh holiday topic of conversation oh. you know, to to come in and <laughs> talk about women, holiday <laughs> to talk about women's health because um it's something that's such a a, a black hole to me and, yeah. and something that I'm so interested to know about because interesting choice of word there. Mm. It oh. means that he can't oh. it's because there's God. an it's because there's an event horizon and you can't see beyond the event horizon. <laughs> yes, so that's it. actually the Plus, scientific. Do you have a whole new appreciation now for your mom? Yeah, right? yeah, I totally yeah. do. I you totally know, he do. still doesn't care about his mom. <laughs> I love my mom. And and you know what? Um I just find like even for Taylor and Jeremy and I, we have we all are in relationships and and to better understand what your better half might be going through is, mm. is I think it's very important and will be like a huge benefit for us in the future too. Yeah. And hopefully guys listening to this. Yeah. And guys who are in relationships with guys and girls who are like, I mean, don't be short, well, so short sighted on. I'm not like, trying who, to assume our audiences. I'm, I'm not assuming anybody's pronoun. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Jill. Thanks again for coming in. And uh, thank, thank you, you all so Zim, much for Zim, listening. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> no, fuck, Brian. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, that is it for this week. Um, uh, but uh, hey, before next week, uh, head on over to Facebook. Instagram, uh, Twitter. We got a bunch of stuff up there. Oh, yo, check it out. Uh, we've got a live show coming up next week, Sunday, here in Halifax um, at Line and Bright. It's sold out. Um, keep your eyes out, though. There might be some tickets going up, uh, some extra tickets perhaps going up for sale. I think there might be a few. But maybe not. So just keep your eyes posted on Facebook because uh, well, that's where we'll drop that announcement. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> we're not we're not entirely sure about the Toronto live show, but uh, we're hoping that uh, Toronto friends and fans that that you'll be able to come out and and take part in a live show as well. Yeah, we're coming to Toronto uh, on the 9th of June and uh, we're going to be there for a couple days. So you might catch us in the city. Um and uh, hey, if you want to be on the show while we're there, hit us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is it for this week. Go to Patreon, subscribe, give us some money. That would be great. Uh, see you all next week. I don't know if that's like the most compelling argument. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.